0: Coca has COVID. That's not the nothing personal word of the day. Fully vaccinated. Doesn't know how he got it, but it may start with Jersey and end with shore. He's doing okay because when you're vaccinated, you have symptoms, but you're not going to be hospitalized. You're not going to die. You're going to be stuck doing nothing personal. I sent COVID a gift basket, but I forgot that he's not Jewish, so he may not like the matzo ball soup. But Coke, I hope you do. And then Coca lost his taste and smell. So he and I are going to go out together, which we don't do because we don't live near each other, that near each other. We're going to go on a smelling tour of New York. I forgot the fact, by the way, that Coke is half Jewish. Luckily for him, it's from the waist up. So maybe he does know what matzo ball soup is. Maybe he'll like it. Maybe he'll report back to me that he likes it. And maybe he does like grandma's chicken soup. That said, I feel terribly for him because losing your taste and smell. Trust me, Coca, it sucks and it's going to get worse. I hope you get yours back and you're not a long hauler. All I do is eat garlic, hoping I can smell and taste it. And the only thing I get is indigestion. So I have to mute myself every five seconds when we're preparing for the show. Coca has COVID. But the nothing personal word of the day is 50K. Life goes on. Business goes on. The show must go on. $50,000 is what Deshaun Watson is not getting fined because he showed up to camp with the, God damn it, Coca, with the Houston Texans. And he decided to after a off-season of insanity where he's been sued 20 times for everything he did, may not have done, I assume he did, inappropriate touchings at massage parlors, inappropriate erections, and other such horrible things that are causing people to be uncomfortable, and he seems to not stop. We don't know, because his lawyer, who for the women is sort of a complete tool So we can't get to the bottom of anything. So the NFL is investigating him and trying to figure out what the hell happened. And they're having a hard time. So they have no choice but to let him go to camp. They they didn't put him on the exempt list. They have no proof of anything. No charges have been filed, only a lawsuit. Charges have been looked into. Am I confusing Bauer and Watson, Coca? I do not believe that official charges have been levied against Deshaun Watson as they have not been levied against Bauer. Bauer's teammates, by the way, said, don't come back. Watson's teammates haven't really said anything because I think they wouldn't mind him back. They'd like to win some football games and he's a great quarterback. I'm not saying that all the Houston Texans are that way, but until somebody charges Watson with something and it's not this civil ambulance chaser lawyer, then what's the NFL supposed to do? So they say, you know what? You got to go to camp. You got to play. You're not exempt. So he shows up. And now all of a sudden the media is jumping up and down like chickens without a head saying Deshaun Watson is now in play. He's going to get traded. If I'm the Texans, you think I'm trading Deshaun Watson right now? Forget about it. I already told you they're not going to trade him, but now there's rumors. Three first round picks plus more. It'll make the Herschel Walker trade look like it was child's play. Remember that Herschel Walker play trade when the Cowboys got him from the Vikings and gave the Vikings like 15 players and 17 draft picks. I think they fielded a team just of people who were gotten in the Herschel Walker trade. So every trade thereafter is judged based on, what did you get back? So there's rumors they want the Texans won five first round picks, three starters, a player to be named later, and one Gatorade cooler. Another person reported they only want three first-round picks, two starters, two extra picks 10 years later, plus free charter planes. I don't know why they want that. They can fly charter whenever they want. If I'm a team in the NFL, I'm not trading for Deshaun Watson. A, I don't want to give up what they want, but B, this isn't over yet. The legal system grinds to a halt and takes a lot of time because they don't want to investigate, finish the investigation of Watson and charge him if they don't know they're going to get a conviction from a jury. They don't want to press charges against Watson and start a criminal action until they know that they've spoken to Watson. They think they're going to get a plea. They either want to know they're going to get the jury win or a plea Because DAs do not like getting jury losses at all, even a little. That's why you haven't seen anything in the Bauer case. They're taking their time, seeing what's happening. If I'm Deshaun Watson, of course I'm going to go to camp. I'm not giving up 50 grand. Why would I? What's the difference? I thought of one thing because you're saying, hey, he's so rich. What's wrong with 50 grand a day? You know, 50 grand a day adds up because in a week of practices, that's like 350 grand. That's not nothing like almost 600 grand before taxes. Now you're making $10 million. You're going to say that's not a lot. Trust me. It's a lot. But I wonder if Sean Watson is saying, you know, I'm going to show up because if I get actually convicted or charged and suspended, guess what? I may not get paid. And worst of all, if I have to settle with all these 22 women and give them each a million bucks, let's say, I'm going to need every 50K I can get. I'm not making light of the Sean Watson situation. I think it's outrageous what he's done to his team, the situation his team is in. As team president of the Texans, I'm disappointed. I'm despondent, but I'm pressing forward. I'm pressing forward. That's what the Dodgers are doing. Report came out the Dodgers don't want Bauer back. No shit, Sherlock. They didn't want him in the first place. If you were a good guy being falsely accused, believe me, they'd back him up. When you are not good in the clubhouse and you bring distraction to a team that's already won a title, I don't think your team's really going to rally behind you when it's always been about you, just you, and only you. Did you watch that Tom Brady video this weekend, Coca? You know you've got COVID bad enough when you can't watch anything. took me a few days to even turn on the TV or watch a movie or do anything back when I first got diagnosed in January. So if you haven't watched this, Coca, I understand. Eventually, you'll feel better. I hope. You will because you're vaccinated. Tom Brady did a video where he throws a ball into a jugs machine, which is a machine that spits out a football, and he throws it directly into the hole, and then it spits it out back to him. It's fake, folks. You cannot throw a football into the hole of the jugs machine and then have it come back out to you. I'd like you to go to your pitching machine and try to throw a ball into a slider machine. There are slider machines that we have that are two wheels and they go in certain ways to show the batter spin. So you can practice spin at the big league level, even at the minor league level. I know about this because we took a bunch of them from Montreal. Just kidding. You can Google that if you don't know what I'm talking about. Nah, don't Google it. When we moved from Montreal to Florida, we took all the equipment because we were allowed to. We bought it. I don't know why I'm bringing that up from 20 years ago. I may be a little sore. If I were you, I would go watch it. I'd study the tape. And I think you're going to find very easily and quickly that the Tom Brady video is fake. He's playing you guys. He is a PR ego maniacal machine. And I love it. I love him for that. But at least know what it is. How are you all doing in Pittsburgh? I love Pittsburgh. Beautiful stadium. PNC Park is one of my favorites, if not my favorite. I think it's my number one open air stadium. I hear from a lot of you who listen to Nothing Personal. You download, you rate, you review, you subscribe, you follow. You're on YouTube. If you're watching me now, if you're watching me now, you take away the biggest part of me. Nothing Personal with David Sampson. That was Chicago. Except I don't think the words are if you're watching me now. I think it's if you're leaving me now. If you're leaving me now, that may not be it either. Anyway, I love you, Pittsburgh, but you guys are so despondent about your team. I get it. Bob Nutting is not selling. Bob Nutting is not the worst owner I've come across, even by a little. Don't panic, Pittsburgh. You just need better baseball people and you need him to listen to your baseball people a little more. But if you're the Padres, you are active. I'm tired of talking about the Padres and how active they are. And A.J. Preller, GM extraordinaire. I remind all of you new to the show that A.J. Preller is a general manager who is a rule violator, who has been disciplined for violating rules, who is not respected in the game by fellow general managers. And you could ask any of them, but they may not tell you the truth. But when you only have 29 people to trade with, you'll trade with anyone. The Padres have a history of going all in and then changing their minds, going out. Not a bad system. I've done it, it can work. They believe that they've got a team that can catch the Dodgers. Now they've got to believe they have a team that can catch the Giants, and they are active. And everyone's all excited in San Diego because they're active at the trade deadline. They traded with the Pittsburgh Pirates and got the league leader in hits. He's leading the league in hits in the National League, and now he's going to be a Padre. His name is Adam Frazier. They think that playing Adam Frazier maybe at second base, moving Cronworth, who they got from the raised to first base, maybe sit down Hosmer, who's overpaid, maybe sit down Will Myers, who's overpaid. They're trying to cover up some of their previous bad signings. Hey, by the way, did Preller sign Hosmer and Myers? I'll bet you a dollar he did, Coca. Trying to cover up those signings. They're five and a half games back at the Giants right now. They think they're trading for Adam Frazier, who's at the height. That is what you do if you are Pittsburgh and you've got a chance to get better when you know you're not going to win, is you trade players at their height. You don't wait for them to suck and then trade them because they suck. You say to yourself, wow, there's going to be people who think they don't suck. Therefore, I'm going to trade him right now. That's what the Rays do. We're going to trade people who other teams scout and say, ooh, that guy's pretty good. That guy could help us. And then they get good players back. Can you imagine what A.J. Preller has on the owners of the Padres that he can, for example, want Hosmer and give him $144 million? Through 2025. He can give Machado 30 million a year for 10 years. And he keeps getting to do things and spend their money. I assume it's going to come to an end eventually. Trading for Adam Frazier does not make the Padres a better team. Now they gave up a good shortstop, young shortstop. They got an arm. They got three total players. The number 10 and number 17 ranked prospect in the Padre system. Side note. GMs don't look at the rankings of Baseball America and MLB.com and all of the pundits out there who rank players. We do our own rankings of our farm system. We don't look at your rankings. I hate to say it. We just don't. When the Padres decide who they're trading, when we decide which prospects we want to trade, we trade from strength or we trade from desperation, but we let the other team ask us who they want and then we convince ourselves that it's worth it. Because this is our window. That's what we always say. I used to say that every year. This is our window. (laughs) It's pretty funny, actually. The Padres are in a perpetual window right now. I do hope it works out for them. I'm not convinced it will. Adam Frazier's fine. Pittsburgh did something that I wouldn't have done. They included $1.4 million. They basically are paying the rest of Adam Frazier's money. Remember, you get paid for every day of a season, and we still have all of August and September. So they owe Adam Frazier about a million and a half dollars. And the Pirates sent the money because, in their mind, they got better players back from the Padres. I've done that where we'll send the money in order to get back better players. And I've done it where I won't send the money and I'll get back worse players. That's sort of the mathematical equation. But you know you're going well when you don't send the money, but get back the players you want anyway. And what's interesting is that Pittsburgh sent the money to the Padres. And I don't know why. Frazier has a year of arbitration left. He's not a free agent until the end of next year. This guy, Adam Frazier, is going from the Pirates. But the Pirates sent the money because they felt that was the only way to get from the Padres this shortstop they got back forgot his name. I think it starts with an M and ends with an O. But if they had just held their ground, they could have saved all that money. While the Padres don't want to get close to the luxury tax threshold, no teams do. It's an actual hard salary cap to owners, believe it or not. When you are making a trade like the Pirates and Padres did, you've got to hold out and not send money for as long as you possibly can. Today is only July 26th. You know Preller is desperate. The the scouting report on Preller that all other GMs have, including Charrington with the Pirates, is that Preller is desperate. He acts like he's in the wild, wild west. All you have to do with people like that, it's so easy to negotiate with them. You just have to say no, and then they'll come back to you and they'll come back to you, and they'll come back to you. Eh, We'll see what happens with the Padres. I'm not all that thrilled with this trade from the Padres standpoint. All right, you guys asked me questions, and you asked me a hockey question, but it was too good not to answer.
1: You know what I want? (laughs) I want to talk to Samson.
0: So you want to talk to Samson. That's when you get into my DMs at David P. Sampson. That's a Twitter account. And then I try to turn blue into white because when a DM is on red, it's blue. And when it's red, it turns white. I get to as many as I can. Ask me a question. Hey, David. Hey. I know hockey isn't at the forefront, but a topic that I think a lot of people would like your opinion on is the Montreal Canadiens. Yes. Très bien, bien sûr. J'aime beaucoup le Canadien de Montréal. Their first-round selection in the draft. Can you talk about what happened with Logan Mayhew? Yes, I can. I've heard of this before. So here's the background, and it applies to all sports. When players are eligible for the draft, whether it's in baseball or basketball or hockey, for whatever reason, in the old days, like recently, You say to yourself, huh, let's see who drafts me. Oh, good. This team drafted me. I'm going to negotiate a contract and I'm going to start being a professional athlete. That's cool. I'm going to get a signing bonus. Ah, it's Pittsburgh. I'll find happiness. Ah, it's Houston. Ah, it's New York. Ah, it's St. Louis. Doesn't matter. I will find happiness. Then it got to where players were saying in baseball, don't you draft me. I'm not going to sign with you. I wanna to fall to this team or that team because I'm gonna to get to the big leagues faster with the Razor Marlins, or I'm gonna get paid more by the Yankees or Red Sox. So don't draft me. It evolved into that. I never paid attention to any player who said, don't draft me, ever. The only players we didn't draft players we didn't wanna draft. I appreciated the honesty from certain agents who would tell us, hey, you can draft our kid, but here's what he's gonna want. But with slotting, here's a note for all of you agents out there. With slotting and caps, I don't really care what you want anymore because you're going to get, even if it's an overslot, we can only go overslot by a certain amount because no teams are willing to give up draft choices. When your union and baseball agreed that teams would lose draft choices for going over 5% over the allotted slot total money for drafts. That was the end of you all getting overpaid. That was it. No teams are going to give up draft picks. Not going to happen. There may have been one team in the whole collective bargaining agreement that's done it, and that just makes them stupid. So while there's also a cap on salaries, there's a cap on what players get. Therefore, to me, players should not be saying, "Don't draft me. I want to go to this team. I want to go to that team." So that's common in hockey. They had a situation that is less common. There was a player. Logan Mayu, who had gotten in some trouble in his life and actually released a statement saying that he did not want to get drafted at all. I'm fascinated by this because there's only one reason a player wouldn't want to get drafted at all. And that's if that player does not want to sign with any team, but instead wants to be a professional elsewhere or have a year of hockey so he can improve his draft position because he thinks he's going to be better maybe a year more removed from an event that happened, except this event happened a long time ago. This player, Logan Mayu, said being drafted into the NHL is an honor and a privilege that no one takes lightly. The draft should be one of the most exciting moments in a player's career. And given the circumstances, I don't feel I have demonstrated strong enough maturity or character to earn that privilege in the 2021 draft. Wow, does he have a good advisor. If I were to ever have the honor of being selected, I would want a fan base to be proud to welcome me to their organization. I know it will take time for society to build back the trust I have lost, and that is why I think it's best that I renounce myself from the 21 draft and ask that no one select me this upcoming weekend. This is where he loses me. Please allow me the opportunity to demonstrate an adequate level of maturity and character next season with the London Knights in the OHL and provide all the NHL teams the opportunity to reassess my character in the 2022 NHL draft. <laughs> Interesting. He took pictures having sex that were not consented to by the person he was having consensual sex with. That's what happened, by the way. Not good. Don't do that. You can't tape someone without asking if they want to get taped. You can't take naked pictures of your partner unless they want to get pictures taken of them. Don't like plant a camera in a teddy bear and all of a sudden you've got nudies. That sounds way too specific. I saw it in a movie like Wolf of Wall Street. I definitely wouldn't know the first thing about that because I know you know that I have Radar's teddy bear, but I assure you while he is losing an eye, and has lost an eye. I promise you, there's no camera in there. You know what's funny? I can't promise you that. I know that if there is a camera in Radar's teddy bear, that was somehow used in some episodes of Mash, that that camera is no longer operational, or if it is, it's not operating by me. Which makes me realize the teddy bear does face out. So I think I'm covered. Why is that in my head, Coca? Ah, because Logan Mayu took pictures of his partner. The Montreal Canadiens said, eh, c'est dommage. mais Ce n'est pas grave. It's a pity, but it's not an emergency. It's not terrible. I think we're going to draft this kid. We've got the 31st pick in the draft. He's fallen all the way to us. We're taking him. And then they made a statement. When you draft someone who says they don't want to be drafted because they did something previously that's sexual in nature, but it's not abuse- It is not mistreatment of women. It is clearly mistreatment of a person. It's not good what he did by any stretch. But the Canadians said by drafting prospect Logan with the 31st overall pick, the Canadians organization not only selected a promising hockey player, but also a young man who recently admitted to making a serious mistake. The Canadians are aware of the situation and by no means minimize the severity of Logan's actions. Yes, they do. Logan understands the impact of his actions. No, he doesn't. His recent public statement is a genuine acknowledgement of his poor behavior and the first step on his personal journey. Someone explain this to me, please, as we go forward here. Is the personal journey to learn that you don't do something that someone doesn't want you to do? Or is the personal journey because you got caught doing something that you knew they didn't want you to do? but you were getting away with it. So you kept doing it until you got caught. And then you said, ah, I know that was wrong. I feel like they knew that was wrong the whole time. It's like people who go into sex rehab when they get caught having sex with other people. They say, oh, I'm a sex addict. I need sex rehab. I guess they just needed it now. Not before, just now. The Canadians said we are making a commitment to accompany Logan on his journey. Interesting. We will provide him the tools to mature and the necessary support to guide him in his development. We are also committed to raising awareness among our players about the repercussions of their actions on the lives of others. Here's my problem. Sports teams never take, never miss an opportunity to try to do the right thing. But at the end of the day, it's covered by the reality that what they're doing is based on the quality of a player. They believe that they got a bargain by drafting Logan in the 31 hole. Their view is that the juice is worth the squeeze. The view is worth the climb. They know they have to release a statement saying we're going to accompany him on his journey. Where they are going to drive him to therapy? They're going to teach him how to work a camera. They're going to have a meet with groups of women who will say, please don't photograph us when we agree to have sex with you, which we will because now you're a prospect. I don't know how you accompany. I never said we'd, I'd accompany a player on a journey. I don't want to accompany you on a journey. I'll pay for your journey, but I'm not coming with you. I'll tell you that. The releases were dueling releases. We'll see what happens with this player. I'm going to be watching him. I can tell you that. You know, this ends the following way, just so you know. just I thought you should be aware of where this ends. Uh, Logan Mayu will sign with the Canadians. He will play with the Canadians, and then he will announce that he has gone through the journey, recognizes the ill of his ways. He'll make a contribution to some sort of charitable organization that is based on the safety of women and and not the exploitation of women. The Canadians will continue on their merry way and say to themselves, consensual sex with photos, that's a line where we're okay with, but don't abuse anyone. Don't rape anyone. Don't beat anyone. If you're going to do that, we're going to be like the NFL and you're going to have to be a really, really good player for us to want you after you do that. We come back. I watched a movie that you told me to watch, one of you. I love watching what you tell me to watch. And then we're going to talk about some minor league hotels and we're going to have a bit of a laugh at the expense of Artie Moreno. Shocking. We will be right back.
1: Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com.
0: Hi, welcome back to Nothing Personal. My name is David Sampson. The word of the day was 50K and COVID has coca. Cut that. Hi, welcome back to Nothing Personal. I'm David Sampson. Thank you for making it through the gauntlet of commercials. The word of the day was 50K, and you may remember from the beginning of the show, because you've been listening from the beginning, that Coca has COVID. He's vaccinated. He's going to be okay. He just can't smell and taste, but he is able to watch movies. One of you, you all suggest movies because we watch one every day. We review one every day. We review TV shows. I have an extra episode of White Lotus I get to watch today. I've only watched two of the first three. Can't wait to review it. Can't wait to review the fact that I'm watching a show written and directed by a fellow Survivor castmate, not on my season, a guy named Mike White, great cast member. But I watched it. Your suggestion, because you get into my Twitter, David P. Sampson, and give me movie recommendations all the time after you get friends to follow, nothing personal, and follow me on Twitter. Why I'm judged by followers on Twitter, I don't know. But man, I do like the dopamine. Woohoo! Summer of Soul. Summer of Soul is a documentary about a music festival held in Harlem in 1969. I did not know about the festival. I had never heard of the festival. I am fascinated by the fact that this had never been released. There had never been any video shown of this festival until this documentary on Hulu, Summer of Soul. It's not just that it had Gladys Knight and the Pips. It's not just that it had Stevie Wonder. It's not just that it had the Temptations. It's not just that it was directed by Questlove, who you may know as a drummer. Coca reminded me before the show, he's a drummer from The Roots. But the reality is this footage makes you realize the unbelievable power of music both black and white, but the unbelievable dichotomy of Woodstock versus this type of festival, which got no attention, was not in the public consciousness the way Woodstock was. It's in direct opposition, if you will, of Woodstock. There's a new Woodstock documentary coming out. There's movies about Woodstock. The Ringer's first movie with Bill, I don't remember his last name, Bill Simmons. Simons? Simmons? Is is he related to JK, by the way? That may be spelled differently. There's two M's in Bill. In any case, I digress. They're doing a movie about Woodstock. But this movie, Summer of Soul, is an hour and 54 minutes of brilliance. You are seeing not behind the scenes footage because it's just footage. And there's some interviews of people who went to the festival. There's some interviews with some musicians who performed. It's so unreal to watch. The music is so good and the guilt of privilege that I felt obviously continues. Many of the charitable things I do are because I want to do them, because of how lucky I am, because of the privilege I feel, because of the guilt I feel about the privilege, because of wanting to try to fix the world and trying to do it one person at a time and trying to say yes to as many things and people as possible. Knowing that saying no is the hardest thing I've ever had to do, but I have to do it. But the reality is that there's so much going on. And this music festival was, it was just wonderful. Please watch Summer of Soul. Please. Okay, we got to talk about Artie Moreno. Artie Moreno is the owner of the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Artie Moreno spends money, so people love him, I guess. He spends it poorly because his team doesn't win. He signs great free agents all the time, except they're not great when they're angels, which means maybe they're an overpay. Has a hard time building from within. Sometimes he does. Sometimes he gets some good players. He's got Shohei Otani, who hit his league-leading 35th home run yesterday, by the way. But he's got a problem on his hands, and I'm going to talk about it, and I'm calling you out, Artie, because your GM – your new GM, Perry, who's a good guy. He didn't get this one right. Here's the story that came out recently, like yesterday, about the minor league situation with the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. The players came out and said, man, these conditions just suck. We're living in vans down by the river. We sleep two to a bed in clothes that don't fit eating Taco Bell and McDonald's. How can we be expected to perform or get better or feel good about anything when the amount that we are paid, we are operating in the red every single month? And the GM of the Angels said, I was not aware of this. We're on it. He's full of horse hockey. He's so full of it. It's coming out of his eyes. Do you know that as a president of a team, forget GM, as a president of a team, I am with the GM and the head of the minor leagues every day. I'm talking to them. I'm listening to them. And the GM has the scouting director, the head of player development. He's speaking to pitching coaches, hitting coaches. He's speaking to pro scouts, amateur scouts. He's speaking to the big league coaches. He's speaking to the big league manager, to players, to agents. I'm doing the same. The GM knows exactly what the minor league players are getting paid. The GM knows exactly what the housing situation is for the players. And the GM says, I'm going to look into it. That's like the Oakland A's guy said, I'm going to look into this crappy food that's being served. Remember that slice of cheese they were eating? I can't remember if that was the Oakland A's, but God, it sounds like it was. Remember, there was a picture, Coca, of this weird craft singlet. And that's what the players were eating. So therefore, the Angels are full of it. I want to understand what's happening and explain to you why the angels don't care because I used to be that. You can't afford to be a minor league player. Do me a favor. Don't be a minor league player. That was my view. If you're a real prospect, we're going to make sure you're living just fine. If we're not paying attention to the way you're living and we're not making sure that you're getting good food, it's because we don't think you're going to make it Just be honest with yourselves because we are telling you something without telling you something. It's like being passed over for a promotion five times, but saying, hey, I got this next time. Man, that nice office opened up. That's mine. Oh, crap. I didn't get it. I'll get it next time. Man, everyone else got 5% raises. I got same salary. Hmm. Take the hint. We value you according to what we pay you. We will pay you the minimum we can, but trust me, we want you to develop into a major league player. That is the whole purpose of a minor league system. Literally, that's it. We want those players to be major leaguers, either with us or good enough that other teams think they can be major leaguers. That is it. The angels are getting bad PR over it because they're not willing to say the truth. Just say it. Own it. Take the microphone. Hi, my name's Artie Moreno. You think that I have a payroll of two hundred million dollars? I signed the highest position player, Anthony Rendon, last year. I have Mike Trout making a couple hundred mil. I've got businesses I run, and you think I'm stupid enough? to allow employees to eat Taco Bell McDonald's and to sleep in vans down by the river? Don't be ridiculous. The people I don't care about sleeping in vans down by the river are those employees that I wish would leave the organization. We have too many minor league players. We are doing exactly what is required to us by the rules of Major League Baseball, period. We do more for the employees we wanna do more for. I'm Artie Moreno this message has been approved by me. Instead, they stay quiet and have their GM say, we're going to look into that because they're behind the PR eight ball. It could have been so much easier, so much easier, but they didn't go that way. Players sleep in apartment kitchens. Now I've had conversations with many, many parents about their minor league kids who wish that their circumstances were different. These are 20 year olds, sometimes 21, 22, sometimes 18, sometimes 23. They're living like kids that age live, but they believe because they're a part of a major league organization that they should be living differently, living better, getting more perks, better food, better training, better equipment. And they point to the fact that MLB said, we are cutting down the number of minor league teams because we want better facilities We want better treatment of the players, better travel. True. They never once said, we want better housing. It's not what MLB said. It's not up to MLB. It's up to the individual teams. Mark my words. Teams care about housing. For players, they care about playing. We went one and two this weekend in our picks of the day. We are 97 and 83. I told you the Cubs weren't tanking. And I told you that Zach Gallon. Yeah, the guy who the Marlins traded for Jazz Chisholm. Zach Gallen, was in over his skis. The Cubs won on Friday. But I couldn't win the rest of the weekend. And I couldn't win because, for whatever reason, Nivaldi pitched great on Saturday, but the Yankees somehow found a way to score four runs in the eighth and beat the Red Sox Saturday. So that was a loss. Of course, the Yankees then gave up five in the eighth and lost on Sunday. The Yankees really have a problem, don't they? I'm not a buyer if I'm the Yankees. A, I don't have the money because I'm not going to go over the luxury tax hard cap threshold. But B, I'm not rewarding that clubhouse. Not even close. They're not going to make the playoffs. Sunday, I thought I had you, Darvish, with the Padres. He's just, every time you think he's turning the corner, he goes back to being what he was in the beginning of his contract with the Cubs. He's struggling, no doubt about it. The Padres with their brilliant AJ Preller trades of Blake Snell and Hugh Darvish, two aces to go with Chris Paddock, their third ace. Joe Musgrove, the no-hitter ace. Tell me, who don't you want to face in a playoff series? Forget a one-game playoff against the Dodgers, which they'd be playing right now. Who don't you want to face on the Padres? Name it. Name one pitcher you don't want to face. Well, the Marlins crushed you, Darvish, so we went one and two. Our pick of the day today is the Philadelphia Phillies over the Washington Nationals. The Washington Nationals are trying to decide whether they are buyers or sellers. I told you that Mark Lerner, the owner, is not going to sell. He's not going to trade Max Scherzer. But since I said that, I'm not sure the Nationals have won another game. Coca, I think I have a way to see that the Nationals are not going to trade Scherzer. And I'm going to revisit it because I revisit wait to seize. I promise you that I do. When I get it wrong, I say I got it wrong. When I get it right, I say I got it right. But I can tell you that for the Nationals to trade Scherzer, Scherzer has to want to go somewhere. Scherzer has veto rights because he's been on the same team for over five years, and he's got more than 10 years in the league. Those are called 10 and five. On June 28th, I told you that's almost a month ago that Scherzer's not going to get traded. Now there is rumors, speculation, innuendo that he will. I don't think he's going to because I have a wait to see. I could change the wait to see and say, wait to see, Scherzer's going to get traded. And then I'm guaranteed to get one right and one wrong. But I don't do wait to sees to get them right. I do it because I truly believe in what I'm saying. And sometimes I'm wrong with what I'm saying and what I'm thinking. The wait to see this week, today, is about the U.S. Olympic team. The U.S. men's basketball Olympic team. The Olympics started. I didn't even watch the opening ceremonies. I didn't watch Naomi Osaka win her first match or light the torch. I'm not watching fencing, skateboarding. I haven't watched softball, baseball. I haven't watched gymnastics. Biles came in second and qualifying. There was an uproar about that, I guess. The US basketball team lost to France, and everyone is shocked. Their mouth is open with disgust and concern. I'm trying to figure out why. We are such xenophobes in general. But the reality is that the men's basketball team as you recall, in 1992, when professionals started playing, there was a feeling that there was no way to lose. We've got Christian Leitner; We're not going to lose a game. And we don't have Isaiah Thomas, which means we're even better. And then the years passed and gold medals were won and the view was the USA and basketball, if NBA players play, done deal. What people forgot to realize is that the NBA now has more foreign born players than ever before. And those foreign born players are damn good. So teams now from other countries can beat the USA. And it's not beating them with 17 Bobby Hurleys. It's beating the USA with actual NBAers. Do you know who started at center for France? You may have heard of him, Rudy Gobert. Yeah, the Defensive Player of the Year, multiple time. The centerpiece of a team that wins sixty games, Rudy Gobert. That guy. Yeah, they can win. Slovenia has Luca. Slovenia isn't just guys who are five foot five white guys anymore. Remember when the NBA, the USA team would play other countries, doesn't matter what color they are, but they were just, they look like a rec league team. I feel like I could play on some of those teams just because I can shoot free throws. USA would walk over, they win by 40 and then sign autographs. It doesn't work that way anymore. Luka Doncic has a better chance of getting a gold medal than Kevin Durant. I don't know why we always feel the original point of the Olympics was to feel better about ourselves during the Cold War, right? Get those Ruskies. Get those Germans. We're going to beat you in the medal count. When I watch 13-year-old skateboarders celebrating, I have a hard time thinking there's a Cold War going on. I just think it doesn't have the allure it used to have and the cockiness that we always used to feel. The great self-worth when we'd win and the anger. The miracle on ice is one of the great sports moments of all time from 1980, when we beat the Russians with Mike Yeruzioni and Al Michaels on the call. Do you believe in miracles? Do you believe that Slovenia won by 18 yesterday? Yes, I do. (laughs) The USA team is in trouble. I got to wait to see about the USA Olympic team. Get ready. They're not gonna win a gold medal. You wait to see it. I don't know if they'll even get out of the qualifying rounds, but they probably will. They're going to lose again because they're exhausted from the NBA playoffs. They're exhausted from back-to-back seasons. (laughs) You know why I'm kidding? Not that they're not exhausted. I'm kidding because the other teams have the same NBA players too. What's the difference? Then I guess they'd all be exhausted. Believe me, they're not exhausted. Flying to Tokyo is hard. I'll grant you that. I think that if Drew Drew Holiday and Middleton are tired, I'd get that. Devin Booker, tired. I'm with you. But that's not an excuse. Play the game. Wait to see there will be no gold medal. All right. I want to close the show with a thought for you. I'm going to do something today. And I don't often forecast what I'm going to do, but somebody asked me to do it. Someone said, why don't you say what you're going to watch and then what you're going to review and we'll try to watch it. Fine. I'm doing it right now. Guess what? I'm watching a double feature today, Space Jam and Space Jam, A New Legacy. I've never seen the original Space Jam with Jordan. I've never seen the new one with LeBron James. I'm going to watch them both and review them both tomorrow. A double feature of Space Jam. That's what I'm doing today. What are you doing today? It's just business. This is nothing personal.